It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. By the way, during the week, please join us on Fox Business Network TV. The name of the show is Kudlow, 4 to 5 p.m., Monday through Friday. And if you can't uh, join us at 4 o'clock, text your favorite nine-year-old. She'll show you how to DVR the show. And here you can uh, get us on the Internet. You can live stream us on the Internet all across LarryKudlowShow.com. Is that it? LarryKudlowShow.com. LarryKudlowShow.com. Here is all across the country, around the world, throughout the solar system and the Milky Way. And we have two very distinguished guests to talk about stocks. I'm so confused. Listen, Kevin Hassett says inflation's going up. Uh, Joe Lavornia says inflation's going down. Oil coming down, no inflation. Gold going up, inflation. The Fed raised rates. Joe Biden doesn't think there's any relationship between spending and borrowing. Oh, my God. I don't even know if I want to go there. And um, it's all very confusing to me. So let's talk to, first of all, world-famous economist Michelle Girard, who happens to be the head of U.S. NatWest Markets. World famous Michelle Girard and Nancy Tangler, world famous investor, CEO and chief investment officer of Laffer Tangler Investments. Well, kids, I'm, it's all very confusing. It's all very confusing. Michelle Girard, I begin with you. What is your outlook for interest rates and inflation? Well, I mean, I had it really, it's kind of mind boggling in a way. Two really smart people back to back. Kevin Hassett, right? He's he, both of them are smarter than I am. And Joe Lavornia have competing, completely different worldviews. All right, so what's a poor investor going to do here? Well, it is not easy times, and I don't envy the Fed, although they've gotten themselves into this situation, um, kind of stuck between having to to pick your poison between dealing, you know, with higher inflation um, or or to deal with the situation on the on the banking side. Um, in terms of the economic outlook, I, I have to say I'm, I'm more in Joe's camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been very skeptical about inflation being able to come down as a rule through this most of this cycle. But, you know, with the credit tightening that I do think we are going to see, you know, obviously I think we'll see more regulation on the banking side. None of this good for the economy. We had already thought the economy was likely to slip into, you know, head into recession uh, later this year in 2024, basically because the only way you can get inflation down is to really, you know, to raise rates enough to, to lead to a recession. So with the extra headwinds now of um, tighter credit, we're more confident in the recession call, and, and therefore, you know, I, I have more confidence that you'll see inflation come down. We actually have inflation, at, you know, moving down to below 3% on the Fed's kind of core core rate, if you will, um, by, the, by the end of the year. Mm. You know, I <clears throat> just on that point, uh, I think for the first time, I'm now thinking I want the Fed to stop raising rates. Yeah. I want mm-hmm. at least to pause. Now, I agree. Now, Lavornia thinks they're going to start cutting rates big time. Uh, he's reading the yield curve, I think, in some of the futures markets. But I, th- I think for all the reasons you said. And, you know, Michelle, we used to look at commodity indexes. I know that's passe. Nobody looks at them. But the commodity indexes, the broad indexes, 
are showing uh, declines, right? Um, including oil, but not. I mean, these are like broad based CRB, Goldman Sachs, all that stuff. And right. I'm very interested in the oil story. Oil closed at seventy one dollars. I think seventy one dollars and thirty four thirty four cents. Called seventy one dollars. West Texas crude. This is after the Saudis, Saudi Plus, OPEC Plus, whatever it's called, uh, cut production by allegedly a million barrels or more. But it's, oil's gone down, net net. Right. So that's unusual. I mean, that's a recession sign. Right. Yeah, I think the yield curve, the <clears throat> commodity numbers, as you've said, you know, all support what Joe and I are thinking, which is that the economy is going to is going to struggle. You're, you're, you know, it's you look at Friday's employment number and it you know pushes back, obviously, against that that argument. And in fact, on the inflation front, we've got a higher kind of core rate expectation for next week or this week's CPI number than the consensus. Mm. But but, you know, again, I, I'm looking forward uh, to where I, you know, some of these leading indicators that we look at, you know, we're, to me, I, I think we, you know, this. I don't want to. I don't want to be you know, making uh, expect, you know, betting on on the numbers we're seeing today. Looking ahead, I think we are seeing warning signs, and I agree with you. I, I do think having you know raised rates over 500 basis points, the Fed is is in a position against this backdrop to pause. And and if our forecast is right and you've, you're in a recession with negative GDP growth by the end of the year and inflation having moved down from what the peak of nine to being, you know, at three percent or lower, then I actually think Joe's right. They will have room to cut. We, we ourselves have cuts. Mm. We brought them forward um, into the you know the end of, of this year rather than in 2024. So actually, Joe and our forecast are very much aligned. Well, it's other things like M2 is falling and the yep. curve is inverted. Nancy Tangler, so weigh in on this. And I want to add the other thing that's so somewhat if, – if you think rates are going to come down, I don't know if you do, but if one thinks rates are going to come down, um, that would help explain the strength in gold. In fact, even maybe more strength coming. I had Jim Urio – on the TV show last night, he's buying gold left and right. Yeah, I, I saw that, by the way, Larry, and um, it's great to be on with you and Michelle. Um, I, I'm going to make your life very easy today <laughs> on the back end of the show. Uh, <laughs> I agree with Joe and Michelle and have consistently said that I thought we had begun a new bull market in October, mm. which does not mean that stocks are going to go up you know, linearly um, and and high always. We also talked about a very choppy May, and that may carry into June with the debt ceiling crisis. But I I think the Fed should be done if they're not. I thought they should be done at the last meeting. Mm. Um, There there continues to be a real lack of leadership coming uh, from the chairman. And I love your comment that maybe he should get back surgery. But, he you know, he has been spinal spinal surgery. (laughs) That's what he he needs. He needs spinal (laughs) surgery to tell Biden to negotiate. Okay, (laughs) why is this so hard? I'm sorry. Exactly. And it's not political. It's just good monetary fiscal policy. So this notion that that he's unwilling to be political makes him more political. But I thought one of the most moving moments in the in the presser was when he was asked about by Steve Leisman. He was asked about, um, you know, the the um, preparation that they'd had or the update they'd had on the banking situation. And, you know, his response was 
was frightening. I mean, he basically said, well, I, I didn't remember it. So I went back and looked and then I did remember it. And, you know, it was just a broad. What? Um, what? Yeah. I mean, here's, here's the quote. So he said the February 14th presentation. I didn't remember it very well. But now, of course, I've gone back and looked at it very carefully. I did remember it. And what it was was a general presentation and then went on to say that the banking system was sound. And shortly thereafter, we had the Pac West News and then the. Um, <laughs> and he's 15 uh, years younger than Biden. Well, that's really scary. <laughs> so I, I think the market is in charge now and, and, and the market is forecasting interest rate cuts to answer your original question. And, and so I think, therefore, um, that we will see that sooner than the, the Fed and the dot plots indicate, mm. which has been all the way through this, this whole inflation regime, the rate cutting hikes regime. Uh, we've seen market lead and the Fed follow. You know, uh, with all that, Michelle Girard, you are an alumni of the Federal Reserve. I think that, they, you know, the forward guidance has done more harm than good. Right. Just, I don't know, just that thought just occurred. They ought to keep their yaps. When I worked for the New York Fed, all right, you know, remember, I, w- I was in open market operations and I was also in bank supervision. And uh, in those days, they didn't have any of that stuff. And in fact, later on, when Paul Volcker was the head of the New York Fed when I was there, but when he became chairman, he he didn't have any forward guidance. His forward guidance was a cheap cigar. That was all he ever did. And he, and he literally would blow smoke at the uh, senators, which I think they should go back to that. Yeah. It, you know, and there's been a lot of discussion around whether or not we should just eliminate that dot plot. And it was introduced to, to try to give the Fed another tool, but it was actually a tool to be able to signal sort of favorably to the markets that rates were going to stay low for long or, or to appease the market, you know, that were worried about, uh, you know, rates moving up quicker. I mean, it was all in a way that was allowed the Fed to, to provide support for the markets without having to necessarily do anything. But of course, it has just been extremely problematic when you've got events like the pandemic, you've got the banking situation. I mean, the Fed themselves don't know anything more than we do. Mm -hmm. And to try to suggest that you know, that their guidance, especially when we get when we have, you know, unprecedented events or volatile events that, you know, that that's going to hold is just wrong. I mean, and so, yeah, I I think that it's gotten it's certainly in the last several years created more you know problems for them, I think, than it has than it has helped. And um, I think that, you know, I was kind of hoping when they did the monetary policy review that maybe they would kind of been that, but, you know, we haven't seen that yet, but I think it's put the Fed in um, a very, you know, very difficult and, and raises questions only about credibility, which they have anyway. So well, think about it. Nancy. I mean, one reason forward guidance is unhelpful is it's always wrong. I mean, they always get it wrong. It's remarkable, especially the last few years, but go back longer. I mean, look what they've done in the last couple of years. I mean, to Michelle's point, they, they just raised, they raised their target rate 500 basis points in a year. Okay. And if that weren't bad enough, a year ago or a little more than a year ago, or I'm exaggerating, but what, 14, 15 months ago, they were still at zero. And like right. the issue was maybe they'd go up a quarter. <laughs> really? 500 <laughs> points. I mean, I, no wonder all these banks went down. They, they listened to the well, Fed. 
<laughs> and they were expanding the balance sheet until March as well. There you um, go. I'm, so I'm actually just... working on Mr. Magoo's Washington Redux, and uh, I'm, yes. I'm going back and chronicling the history of of what happened. And it, it's it there is no credibility at the Fed, and that's why you really have to pay attention to the bond market, which, as an equity investor, I can say is the smartest market. Mm. Um, and then stocks have also been discounting. You know, they discounted this last year, um, the, the potential recession. And I think you you are are right that you want to be in commodities. We've been adding to the commodities in our clean energy strategy, but also that you want to own the high quality tech names mm. and consumer discretionary names because they have demonstrated the ability to navigate this mm. and um, generate reliable earnings growth. And we were advocating that in October. Um, I, it's, it's worked well for us, and I think it will continue to work, and you'll get some, another opportunity to buy a lot of those stocks All right, in, let's in take, May, May, June period. Let's take a quick break. We're talking to Michelle Girard of NatWest Markets. We're talking to Nancy Tangler of Laffer Tangler. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. Uh, Nancy, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I had to get into a break. But you're buying, uh, sounds like economic sensitive stocks or even inflation sensitive stocks. Yeah, well, you didn't interrupt me, Larry. It is your show. Um, So (laughs) you can can do whatever you want. It's all right. We are um, and have been, and we had recently taken some gains in a number of the tech names uh, and some consumer discretionary. But I think that is where you want to be positioned in an economic slowdown. We we do agree with with Michelle um, that we probably will see a recession. Uh, we don't think it's going to be particularly startling or dramatic. And and typically, what you've seen historically that is that stocks bottom, you know, before fundamentals, eighty percent of the time. So while we expect volatility to continue. We do think the market's pretty fairly priced X Fang at fifteen times. Hmm. And and so we're we're looking for the kind the companies that and, and by the way, in the earnings season, sixty percent of companies actually raise guidance, which is way out of line with historical norms. It, albeit off of lowered estimates, but that was positive to us and margins have held up relatively well. So we're in buying um, you know, the kinds of names that can deliver reliable growth in a slowing economic environment. Michelle, um, take a stab. Look, is this uh, regional bank virus over or not? Yeah, I mean, I hate to say that we have been very skeptical in the moments of calm to really believe that that thing, mm. you know, that it's over. Um, and you know, and then you have the situation again with PacWest and others that kind of remind you or seem to to support that idea. Um, so, so yeah, um, I'm not sure we're, we're kind of out of the woods um, yet from the fallout of, of, of really with the Fed's very aggressive uh, rate hikes. And, and I guess even beyond, one of the things that we've been talking about is the fact that, you know, everybody is focused on some of the natural places where you would expect to see the, the kind of um, fallout, if you will, from Fed actions, small regional banks, commercial real estate. But I guess what we're conscious of is that, you know, the aftershocks from all of this can take a lot longer than people think to play out and show up in areas where you're where people aren't focused. And that's that's I hate to sound like that we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. But but, you know, we're even kind of watchful that you may see some 
you know, kind of some secondary effects off, you know, um, off of even just what we, the volatility as a result, I should say, of the volatility um, that we're seeing in some of these places uh, in areas where people are not even looking at yet. So I, we just don't think that this is, you know, this is over. And that's why, I, you know, again, we're sort of very cautious about about the outlook and, you know, again, more confident that the Fed is in deck, should be done and is done. Well, look at uh when you have a deeply inverted yield curve, I mean, isn't that make it yeah. very difficult? Uh, yeah. You know, I I had lunch uh, with um, a couple of very, very senior people. I'm not going to go into names, but very, very, very senior people at a very, very, very large bank. And basically they said on this conversation, uh, yeah, they lost money, too in uh, their bond desk trading. But because of their other businesses, they're able to survive okay. Smaller banks, whether they're regional banks or I suppose community banks, they don't have those other businesses. I mean, their business is basically, you know, buying bonds and and making loans. Uh, These big, big, big banks have tons of businesses, including insurance companies and things of that sort. So I just, I'm saying that a deeply inverted. I mean, I'm, the three month T bill is about five and a quarter. The ten years about three forty, uh, and the Fed funds rate is five and a quarter. I mean, that's tough, tough to survive. That isn't it? it it's it's really uh, you know it's really. Tough. I mean, we were just yesterday at the. I mean, first of all, obviously very high interest rates and a, a steeply inverted curve. I mean, the intention of that is to slow the economy down because it 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 discourages all the activity that you would normally see and need to see to keep an economy robust. So I was we were at the auto dealership yesterday, and he was you know talking about the fact like the, the, with rates where they are and financing rates, you just can't you know people can't right. lease cars. I yep. mean you know it, but this is the this is what has to happen yep. you know to get the economy inflation down. So. Anyway, thank you, kids. Michelle Gerard, appreciate it. Nancy Tangler, as always. Folks, we're going to uh, take a quick pause and then Money in Politics with Liz Peake and Steve Moore.